0: What's up, everyone? And welcome to another episode of One in Ones. If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much more than you can imagine. If you're a long-time listener, thank you for listening to these every other Thursday with me. I truly, truly appreciate it, and this would not be possible without you guys. On this week's episode, we meet Alex. And Alex is our wholesale team leader. And on this episode, we not only get to hear how he arrived to Cat and Cloud, but also the major theme of how trusting your gut has been a consistent one throughout his whole life and how in doing so, it has presented him so many amazing opportunities and growth, both in his professional and personal life. Alex is a humble and happy fellow, but don't be fooled. He is a happy and humble fellow He's also an achiever, self-driven, and full of so much knowledge on the medley of hobbies that he has. Next time you see Alex, ask him what passion project he's currently working on. You shan't regret it, I promise. Again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys later. What is something you're like super hyped on right now? Mm. Like you're you're like beaming.
1: That's a good question. I kind of go in cycles of hype where <laughs> I'll be hyped about something for a while and then I'll kind of get distracted from it and then get hyped about another thing. Um, currently, I would say my biggest hype is dialing in my diet mm. and like just eating better mm-hmm. overall, which is something I've struggled with like all of my life. Like, I remember in college just going to this place called Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, which <laughs> I also worked there. It was like a fried chicken <laughs> finger restaurant. So good. But I remember going there like all the time in college and just eating just the worst diet ever. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I just love food so much. Mm-hmm. And I love the bad food too. I think it's my New Orleans heritage that kind of <laughs> brings that bad food love out in me. Uh-huh. But, um, so I've really been trying over the last couple of years to like dial in a good, like kind of stable, healthier diet. Mm -hmm. Um, but I get pretty hyped on it, like trying different kinds of meals and, um, like basically meal prepping. I don't like meal prep, like, okay, Sunday got to prep all my meals for the week. I just, I go to the grocery, I get all my ingredients and then I'll cook throughout the week. Cause Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy cooking. So yeah, I've been really hyped on that. On like figuring out like, cool, what what kind of food am I going to eat? So right now I'm I'm trying the Mediterranean diet, and this is week number two on that. Dope, which is pretty cool. It's yeah. Do you know about the Mediterranean diet?
0: I remember your, briefly you explaining it, and it's oh, a yeah. lot of, I think a lot of vegetables. Yeah, and like mainly seafood, mm-hmm. and. I think fruits also.
1: Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. That's the top. That's three. pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. So like the you like take the food pyramid and you change it instead of yeah. So basically like the largest part of the pyramid is fruits and vegetables and healthy grains mm-hmm. and then the next smallest or the next smaller one is uh, like seafood um, and then poultry and then meat. They say you're only supposed to eat meat like a couple times a month, pretty much. Oh um, snap. Yeah, which is, yeah, like red meat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is, that's a big change. I'm trying to do it <laughs> just like once a week. Right. Because, I mean, yeah, I usually eat meat with every meal, you know, like pretty much. Yeah. Al- almost every meal. It's crazy. Me
0: too. Me too. I, okay, I have, I would say, many skills. Cooking is not one of them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, I, I can cook and I cook food for myself. But yeah. I don't think I would ever feed the thing I make for myself to other people. Gotcha. Mostly not because it's terrible, but mostly because it's so bland. Okay.
1: <laughs> and that's you, like, you cook for, like, sustenance, not necessarily yeah. for, like, overall, like, flavor. Like,
0: yeah. Like, I don't have any bowls. I'll put this in, like, a mug maybe. Tupperware <laughs> container. <laughs> or, like, I'll eat out of this. Like, <laughs> this thing looks like it could hold food. I'll eat it from yeah. here. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm also not a fan of like the meal prepping. Mm. I don't like to feel like my food kind of tastes old. Right. I like when it tastes like I've just made it. Totally. Like if it's in the fridge for
1: like three or four days. Yeah. How good is it actually going to be?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Mediterranean diet. That's cool.
1: Yeah. I. I mean, man, I've tried just cooking for like straight up sustenance and just being like, okay, I'm going to cook quinoa, plain quinoa, plain boiled chicken, and. Mm -hmm. Steamed broccoli, mm-hmm. but when I eat like that, I just, oh, I just get so bummed because I love, f- like the flavor of a meal. Like yeah. I, that's something that's really important to me in food. Yeah. So I, I, it's tricky. I just need to find a way to balance, you know, health with flavor. I guess.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm I'd always totally. figuring
1: out, but I'm pretty hyped about. I would say my hypeness revolves around, like doing doing things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like doing doing new things. So like, like I said, it's, it's pretty cyclical. So like I'll be like super into like dialing my diet for like a month or two. And then I'll get really into like hiking or backpacking for a couple of months. And then I'll come back and be like, Oh, woodworking. That's the thing. So I, I kind of, yeah, I've, I've learned that that's just how I, how I roll. Like mm-hmm. I'm not the kind of person that's like, I'm going to do one thing all the time. I'm more like, I want to do a variety of things. And like, you know, get into them for a little while and then can always come back to them later. Mm Yeah. And not get like burnt out on it. Yeah. So I'm not the kind of person that wants to perfect a certain thing either for the most part. Respect.
0: Respect. Oh, you're like speaking right, right (laughs) into my soul right now.
1: Speaking the language.
0: (laughs) You're speaking my language. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Dope. Dope. Do you have any trips planned?
1: Trips. So let's see, I'm going to new Orleans in two or three weeks for a wedding. One of my friends from high school is getting married. Mm -hmm. Um, so that will be cool. It'll be like a big reunion. And then in June, uh, I'm going to go out of town for like a week and a half. And Abram and I are going to go up to Mount or not Mount Shasta, but Shasta Trinity national forest. And then Redwood state park. And yeah, we're just going to spend like, I think like 10 days to like, backpacking and camping and hiking that's so sick doing all the stuff a couple airbnbs thrown in there just for you gotta treat yourself relaxation yeah exactly (laughs) Exactly. this isn't supposed to be some super primitive it's not
0: supposed to be survivor (laughs) yeah
1: totally we're in the modern world um (laughs) get
0: with the times. yeah (laughs) come on all you crazy
1: backpacking people you through hikers (laughs) but i respect you at the same time
0: (laughs) yeah uh yeah so Those you briefly mentioned you grew up in New Orleans. Oh yeah, sure yeah. did. I was going to This is a test. <clears throat> it's Nolens?
1: Yeah. Sick. Yeah, Nolens. I mean, you know, that's a good totally. No. I mean there's there's different versions of it depending on where in the city that you grew up. So some people say Nolins, some people say New Orleans.
0: New Orleans.
1: Some people say New Orleans.
0: But you never say New Orleans.
1: No, that means you're a tourist <laughs> and all you do is listen to music about New Orleans and you don't really know anything about it. No that's, offense. That's not me. But I mean, it is funny. It's, you can always pick out somebody. Let's but go to it, New but Orleans. It is weird, though, because a lot of the songs about New Orleans, they say New Orleans. I mean, like Louis Armstrong, you know, like he'll say New Orleans in the song. So he's really creating a confusing situation for everyone. Louis it rhymes.
0: just going out and confusing everyone.
1: I know. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, so grew up in New Orleans. Yep. Um, did you grow up there your whole, like, that's mm-hmm. where you were born and raised?
1: Yep. Born and raised in Kenner, Louisiana, which is a suburb of New Orleans. It's about 20 minutes outside of the city. And uh, yeah, I was born and raised there. My parents were too. And um yeah. Just lived there my whole childhood until, um, basically until I was 21, I guess. And then I left. So, Dope. yeah.
0: What was your, some of like your fondest memories about New Orleans mm. and like, what was your favorite thing doing that you would do growing up there?
1: Yeah. The first, well, first of all, okay. It's a couple things. So <laughs> the neighborhood that I grew up in was awesome because there were a lot of other kids my age. Mm-hmm. And we, there was, like, this lot, this empty lot across the street from my house my whole childhood. This lot was just empty. So me and all the kids in the neighborhood, including my best friend Kevin, we would go and play football in the lot every day after school. Or when we didn't want to play football, we would play basketball at my friend's house. Or we would, you know, just play. So basically I grew up, like, playing sports. Mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. after school. So I'm like surprisingly like pretty good at sports, <laughs> even though somebody might see me and be like, Oh, I don't know. You might not be good. Like <laughs> I, I would always like kind of shock people because mm. I would just like go out for a pass and just like, just like lay out and School catch the someone. Ball. Yeah, dude.
2: Like, oh no, he's really good. Which was the best? <laughs> it was always
1: the best, just to see just their face. Just hustle people. Yeah. Oh,
0: basketball. Yeah, I've Hustling seen it on people. TV once. Yeah. <laughs> and you go just slam dunk on people. It's exactly. like, oh my god. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, that was the jam. Uh, so I mean, I grew up playing sports. That's like super fond memory for me. That was just so much fun. Um, like phew, every day, I just lived that life. Um, and then beyond that it was like some of the special things about New Orleans there's these desserts called snowballs it's pretty much like a snow cone so it's like like shaved ice with like flavored syrup Mm -hmm. basically but uh, snowball season in New Orleans would be basically the whole spring and summer and a little bit into the fall Um, so as soon as you know spring would hit you'd go and get yourself a snowball um and there were all these different places that did snowballs differently. So you would kind of, like, pick your uh, allegiance <laughs> to, like, a certain kind of snowball place. Uh-huh. Like, oh, you go uptown? Oh, I go, I go to Mid-City for my snowballs or whatever. Uh-huh. So.
0: Were these, okay, so I yeah. feel like I remember, I might know what a snowball is. Were mm-hmm. they packaged?
1: No, it's a, uh, so they have, like, an ice machine, and they get okay. these big blocks of ice and essentially shave them down. Like right in front of you mm-hmm. and you could always tell a really high quality place by how like fine the ice particles were so if it was it was if it was just like like real snow mm. then you know you're in like a good place but if it's like chunky then it's like ah that place sucks okay yeah got it so they shave it into the cup and it's usually like a cone shape okay. in the cup like like a cone and then they pour the syrup like I mean, probably like a quarter cup of syrup. Where
0: it's all then in the cup, and so then you're just sipping the juice. I know exactly what you're talking about now. And you
1: get super jacked (laughs) on sugar because it's the worst thing in the world for you.
0: Did you always refer to uh, flavors by their color? Like, oh, Uh, I like the red flavor.
1: I think when I was a kid, I did because I would be like, I want strawberry. Like, give me the red. Mm -hmm. Or like, give me the purple for Mm. like grape Mm. but then I got more sophisticated with my flavors right right
0: going back to flavors flavor town
1: (laughs) chocolate cream or like the wedding cake that was the jam almond cream oh (gasps) snap and then you can get condensed milk on top oh yeah and really mess it up or you could get ice cream (laughs) in the middle (laughs) so you would basically have a snowball with ice cream in the middle oh snap dude
0: yo I'm for sure gonna have one of those when I go down there I'll send
1: you a couple places to go to yes please do there's I've got a list. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to be five again. Yeah.
1: So it's pretty, for me, new Orleans thinking back, it's like, cool. Playing sports as a kid, eating all kinds of amazing food. And that includes also like po' boys, Mm -hmm. you know, roast beef, po' boys, fried shrimp, po' boys, all all the good seafood. Mm -hmm. And that's, That's it for New Orleans. That's me.
2: Nice.
0: (laughs) I guess one of the reasons why the South is so intriguing to me—it seems like they value a lot of community, Mm. like absolutely people there. Like community is just huge. Like people-oriented. Yeah. Like relational, being, you know, being being a pal to someone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It it's funny you say that because New Orleans is very much that way in the sense that like you go there and. Like, you'll go to some place, and you'll basically be, like, friends with everyone that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you'll be waiting in the line to get a snowball or a boy, and, like, you'll start a conversation with the person in front of you or behind you. And, I don't know, there's just this, like, it's kind of like the show. It's kind of like how we talk about, like, putting on the show here. But it, it just exists there mm-hmm. in a lot of ways where you're kind of always, like, putting on the show in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is interesting. Tope. But big community vibes for sure.
0: Yeah. I I'd like that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I tend to always, when I do find it, just kind of linger and stay there because I I love it so much. I just it, gravitate yeah. towards it.
1: It's pretty awesome.
0: And I'm like, I just want to be part of it too. Yeah, <laughs>
1: totally. It is, it's a special thing, yeah. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of people visit New Orleans and get kind of, like, super like sucked in and captivated by it because they're like, wow, there's like this energy here, but there's a dark side to it too. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a dark side to New Orleans. There's a lot of, a lot of drinking. There's corrupt politics. There's Mm -hmm. shit ton of crime Mm -hmm. murders, you know, 200, 300 murders a year. Mm
2: -hmm. And it's
1: all like, you know, generally drug related and gang related, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's darkness it's not yeah. all sunshine and rainbows.
0: Yeah, hurricanes w- too. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and hurricanes. Those little things. Yeah, yeah just some, just to name the just the hits.
1: <laughs> just some natural disasters. <laughs> but yeah. it still
0: sounds great. I mean, totally. ain't no hurricane or crime gonna hold me back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you should absolutely. Yeah, everybody's gotta go to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much reco- it's recovered. It's from, from the big <laughs> Katrina. <laughs> oh, gosh, 2005. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: That was... Were you, that like, around for that, or...?
1: <laughs> um, I was a junior in high school, yeah. So, we... <clears throat> yeah, I was going to high school at this place called Jesuit High School. It was, like, a um, Catholic, you know, all-boys, basically, like, borderline military prep school. Oh, snap. Uh, I mean, it used to be military prep, but it's not strictly that anymore, but a good school so one thing about new orleans is that um the school system sucks in a lot of places so Mm -hmm. a lot of people decide to send their kids to you know a catholic private school if they can manage to afford it which most people really can't like tuitions out of control like it's basically almost like college level tuition Mm -hmm. to send your kids to high school at a private high school in new orleans
2: that's that's
0: kind of crazy
1: up. <laughs> it's it's yeah insane. but the public school system is pretty bad i mean there's a couple of good ones but for the most part it's bad
2: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah so i was a junior in high school when that happened mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's crazy it's pretty wild time
0: it did it didn't like affect you personally
2: or
1: i don't know i'm that's a good question so we evacuated first to houston mm-hmm. like so we were we were originally going to stay in our home mm-hmm. in Kenner. And my dad wanted to stay. My mom wanted to go. And I remember we were like, okay, we'll just we'll just monitor it. Like we'll play it by ear, see how it's going. And probably about 24 hours before the storm was supposed to make landfall, it turned to a category five mm-hmm. hurricane, which is like the strongest version of a hurricane. And so we my parents woke up at like two a m and checked the weather and saw that, and they were like, "Oh shit, <laughs> we gotta go." <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember just waking up, they they woke me up and they were like, "All right, we gotta go. We're gonna drive to Houston now." Yeah, So we got on the road and went to Houston, and then the hurricane hit, and at first, it was fine. Like it was just like, "Oh, whatever, but then the levees broke. And then shit got really fucked up. The city started getting flooded, all over the place. Like just craziness, craziness happening. Mm -hmm. And most of the areas that got flooded, the worst were the poorest areas in town. Just to add a little, like insult to injury there. But uh, so we got out of there, went to Houston. And then when we saw the flooding happening, we were like, wow, we might be gone for a while, actually, (laughs) because it's pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. And we also didn't know, like, what happened to our house, like, Mm -hmm. because how would we know? We just knew that there hadn't been flooding reported in our neighborhood, but, like, you know, who knows what could be happening.
0: So you're, like, away and wondering, like, oh, could be, could not be. Yeah. Can't do anything about it. I'm all the way over here. Our
1: house could be totally destroyed, and we don't even know. So... My dad had a friend from dental school, uh, my dad's a uh, retired orthodontist. Um, he had a friend from dental school that had a farm in North Louisiana, mm-hmm. um, in Monroe, Louisiana, and it's it's pretty out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like pretty uh, rural, northern Louisiana town. Mm-hmm. Um, and he invited us to come stay up there. He had like 200 acres and like a big house, and, and we stayed there for uh, like three months he let us stay yeah and i pretty much just like rolled around the farm he had like a golf cart Mm -hmm. and like a bb gun and he was like yeah why don't you go like shoot some (laughs) you're like sick (laughs) uh, like uh what are they called nutria Uh uh-huh like they're like pests okay destroy stuff and he's like yeah why don't you just go and like shoot some nutria or something so Uh i was like okay cool (laughs) Uh, that was weird. You're
0: like, can we stay here forever? Yeah, totally, yeah.
1: <laughs> Dude, it was sick, actually. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Um, and then I went to public school, which was my first time going to a public school, or mm-hmm. going to a school that was co-ed, really. Mm-hmm. Like, to be honest, like, my first couple of years of school were co-ed, but uh, beyond that, I'd been going to, like, all boys, like, Catholic schools, you know? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I'm in this public school go to i go to like the junior prom or something like that you know like it's crazy yeah um but yeah so that was that's my evacuation story yeah so it's i mean it's pretty good relative to a lot of people who you know had had a super shit time
0: were you able to uh like was your home good like were you able to like compared yeah. to other, like, stories It and really stuff.
1: was. Like, we just had some damage to our roof. So, like, some of the second floor got damaged. But, like, our house was, like, totally livable. And, yeah, so we we lived there. That's, uh, that's like, we, we moved back in and yeah. fixed some stuff. We also hosted another family for a while whose Dude. house was totally wrecked. So, yeah, we hosted them. Um, and then... Yeah. Stuff got back to normal pretty quickly for the most part. Like our, my school had, they were, they had like eight feet of water, Mm -hmm. like sit there for like two weeks. So it was like the first floor was like totally wrecked of Mm -hmm. that school, Mm -hmm. but they had so much like so many resources Mm -hmm. financially speaking Mm -hmm. that they were able to rebuild it within like three months and get us back into school.
0: Oh, snap. That's super quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is, compared to other places, like, not nearly the yeah.
0: same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Man, it's funny. It was a crazy time, though. I feel like during that whole time, I was just, like, going with the flow. Like, I don't know what's happening, but mm-hmm. I'm just here in North Louisiana having fun. And then my best friend, Kevin, uh, his his mom had to, like, go back to work, and, like, she didn't want him back in the city just yet, because, I mean, shit was kind of crazy. Like, there was mm-hmm. a lot of, like, looting and, right. like, a lot of crime happening because of the chaos of things.
0: And necessity. People are just <sighs> yeah ultra desperate, I'm assuming. Totally. Yeah.
1: So there was kind of this, like, hysteria around, like, going back to the city. So they, uh, yeah, so she, Kevin's mom sent him to stay with us in, mm-hmm. in Monroe. Mm-hmm. During that time, so it was, it was cool. It's I had hope. my best friend there, and yeah. we were just hanging out.
2: <laughs> You're like,
0: this is the life. My best friend's here. I'm freaking On driving vacation. around, just shooting things. Like, yeah. can we stay here forever?
1: <laughs> it was pretty rad, yeah. It was cool. I, yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful that we were able to have that kind of a uh, situation and yeah. not just totally terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, my parents, they, man, props to them because they freaking, they got through it. I mean, that was a stressful time because my dad's business was in New Orleans, so he basically was without, like, work for, like, three to six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he was the first orthodontist to open up back in the city. So when he did open up, like, he just got, like, an influx of patients, just, like, his business started, like, totally booming. So Yeah. Yeah, but it was super stressful time for them, I know. I remember, like, just, like, witnessing a couple, like, like fights. Like, they would go outside and be, like, arguing, and I would just be like, shit's pretty intense right now. Yeah. I'm just going to go to school and do my thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That I, – okay, I really enjoyed hearing this story because – Yeah. You know, I – when all this was happening, I, I was here living in California, so mm. you don't – you only know what you're told and what you <sighs> can see – but hearing someone who actually lived it and was there, like... Yeah. It's almost like, wow, yeah, that was a while ago, and right. that that was that's actually real. That mm. happened, and someone here has a story to Dude, share and
1: totally. say that. It's freaking crazy. I mean, it's crazy that something like that could happen in, you know, quote-unquote, could happen in America. Like, yeah. people say that kind of stuff all the time. But, like, I mean, it is crazy. Like, it's it's America, and there was a city of two or three hundred thousand people that was basically shut down for like six months because hurricane and poor construction of levees and all this stuff so like yeah it's it's wild Mm -hmm. it's totally wild that something like that could happen in america yeah but it did and that's so crazy but we survived
0: yeah (laughs) heck yeah community and that Love for people conquers all.
1: Right. Because, I mean, that plays into the New Orleans community thing. Because, I mean, some people, like, left afterwards. They were like, ah, I'm out of New Orleans. Like, I can't can't be here anymore. But most people were, like, just rallying to rebuild. Mm-hmm. That was, like, the rally cry it was, like, rebuild. We've got to rebuild this place. And, like, people in the news would say really stupid things. Like, why would they rebuild when they're, like, low sea level or like they're like right in the hurricane path and i'm just like you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking <laughs> about this is a civilization
2: yeah that's
1: been here since the 1700s and you're telling us to not rebuild What the fuck's wrong with you crazy <laughs> oh, people are insane
0: dude yeah it just oh, that just goes to show how like inspiring like when a community and or just like a group of people get together and it's like yeah where the the main focus is placed on people. Like, mm. okay, but there's a civilization here. People live here. People grew up here. Like,
1: right.
0: Doesn't matter.
1: Dude. For sure. Like Hell yeah. People made their homes here. So I'm never going to tell someone that they shouldn't live in Tornado Alley or, you know, wherever else big things happen. Mm-hmm. Santa Cruz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Earthquake City. I mean, uh, it could be.
0: Could be, yeah. You just never know.
1: Because the epicenter for the big earthquake that wrecked san francisco that was in nicene barks right state park i like think so five miles east of us yeah <laughs> oh yeah. shit
0: <laughs> but uh, you know people love it there
1: <laughs> <laughs> they just love it yeah so
0: that's awesome that's, Go, that was a real inspiring story
1: oh man yeah yeah it's crazy yeah i haven't talked about the new orleans katrina thing in a while yeah it's, it's good to share that story with the world.
0: Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Dude, hell yeah. So grew up in New Orleans. Yeah. And you said around like 2021 20, moved mm-hmm. away. Was this for school?
1: Yeah, it was for school. So I um this is my grad school story. So
2: Okay. Dope, I originally
1: dope. finished college and I studied music business, but also like music technology, so I was really interested in like recording studio work and uh stuff involving yeah, the technology side of music. So I applied to grad school at Tulane University, which mm-hmm. was is in New Orleans. And um, I got accepted there into this super crazy music technology program. Mm-hmm. It was badass. But then I found out that basically the professor, who is a very small program, is basically like this one professor, was like he's like the guy. Mm-hmm. He calls me into his office a couple weeks before I was going to start, and he's like, hey... Have I told you this story before? Mm I don't think so. So he's like, hey, Alex, look, Tulane's not really working out for me. They're, you know, giving me a lot of problems over the last couple of years. Uh And I've been applying to other jobs, and I got accepted to Georgia State University in Atlanta. I know you're about to start here. You can totally continue to just do this program. There's another professor that's going to come in and, and do it. But... I could also, you know, if you're interested in coming with me to Atlanta, I could figure out how to make that work, and maybe, you know, yeah, you, know, you could continue to to study with me there. Yeah. So I'm like, shit, that's a <laughs> that's a good one.
0: You're like, oh, now
1: what? Casual
0: conversation, not so <laughs> casual. It turns out.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like, I had just gotten like an apartment because I had previously been living with my friend, my college friends, but right. I was like, I'm going to start grad school. I want to get my own apartment. So I had just signed the lease for this apartment, you know, right around the corner from the school. And I was, like, pretty much ready, set and ready to go. Yeah. But, yeah, then uh, he dropped that bomb. And I was like, damn, okay, what do I do? (laughs) So I thought about it and decided to, uh, yeah, follow him to Atlanta and do the grad program over there which was kind of wild uh-huh. like it all kind of happened within like a two-week span of time
2: uh-huh.
1: so i had to like basically uproot and like my parents were like are you sure you want to do this it's kind of wild and i was like yeah i want to do this i want to like go i want to study with this guy specifically because he's doing this specific niche that i'm interested in and then you know yeah i would just i just want to check it out mm-hmm. so yeah we we drove over to atlanta and moved into an apartment and you know, started school the next week. Oh my gosh! <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, just thinking of things on the fly, not Dude, a big deal.
1: Totally, it was wild. I remember being like, I mean, we we had to drive out there, and I didn't have a place to stay yet. I didn't have anything figured out. So, yeah, it was it was a big worth it. I think it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, so I had, phew, it was challenging for sure. So like the story continues because I went to grad school there, uh, for one year and then I, I moved to New York. Um, so what I found out was that that program was very music composition focused. Mm -hmm. So it was very much focused on like, yeah, composing music, making music, doing all that stuff. Um, I was interested in that, but like less so than like the more like science and technology side of music. Um, so I was kind of like trying to figure all this shit out, but ended up, um, so the story continues. So the professor did not get along with the main professor who was at Georgia state, Mm -hmm. who had had his program there for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. So basically this guy's coming in like the professor that I followed Mm -hmm. and ruffling feathers with the oh, no. the guy who had, you know, founded his whole program here.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So they didn't get along at all. And I'm kind of caught in between because I worked with both of them. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm like, God <laughs> can't catch a break here. <laughs> um, but me and the other grad student in the program, John Turner, still a great friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically what happened was this, this professor who had followed, to Atlanta says, Hey man, it's not really working out here.
0: <laughs> You're like, I've heard of this one before.
1: <laughs> but I think I want to go up to New York and I got a job at NYU. And it's a really great program. I think I can get you in if you want to follow. If not, I totally understand. Um, and I'm just like, Damn, <laughs> now what? <laughs> Now what do I do? But I didn't really want to stay in Atlanta. Right,
0: And, right. like,
1: I didn't, I didn't see, like, the future of the program that I was in being, like, like preparing me for what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let's fucking move to New York City. Let's Again. do it. <laughs> yeah, let's, I'll, I'll follow. I'll follow you. So me and the other grad student, John, follow him to New York. <clears throat> and, yeah, then we uh, go to grad school there. And I finished at NYU. Um, Yeah. You did it. Wild. (laughs) But the cool thing is that Atlanta, going to Atlanta, led me to meeting my fiance, Abra.
0: (gasps) Oh, okay. I wasn't going to ask, but I want to know. Yeah.
1: Well, because, right. So in Atlanta, after that first year of school, I was kind of like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I need to like, I had an opportunity to work at the school for that summer. But I was like, no, nah, I, I just want to step away and like do something else. So I looked on Craigslist and found this job at Fund for the Public Interest, <clears throat> basically Environment Georgia. So it's this nonprofit that hires young people to go door to door and try to raise money to do lobbying for environmental causes. Mm-hmm. That's the short of it. Uh, but so I got a job there and was. Work in there for a couple of weeks, and they were like, Hey, you should be the team leader. And I was like, oh, Okay, cool. So then I became the team leader, which involved just like organizing everybody that was going to go out on trips um, or leading a team that was going out on the trips. So maybe like two or three weeks into the job, uh, I, I'm walking into the building and I see this girl all the way across the lobby getting into the elevator and I'm like oh let me catch that elevator um <laughs> I saw that she had the shirt on like the Environment Georgia shirt mm-hmm. and then I get in the elevator and I'm like just like making casual small talk with her I'm like oh did you memorize your your rap yet like mm-hmm. did you memorize the speech yet mm-hmm. that you're supposed to give and she was just like no <laughs> I don't know she, she was just like very much just like oh, why are you talking to me what is this <laughs> um But anyway, so that's our like kind of spark moment, and then we get upstairs, and the person who's like organizing who's gonna go with who that day pairs me with her, (laughs) and it's just me and her. Uh uh, So basically, our first day of like meeting and getting to know each other was walking around Atlanta Uh door to door for six hours. So
0: into this story already,
1: just talking. I mean, yeah, because you're, like, walking from house to house, mm-hmm. and it's a lot, of, a lot of people don't answer their doors, so you're just, you're just walking around and talking.
2: <laughs> you're
0: like, all right,
1: yeah. Cool. So we pretty much got, just got to know each other and realized we had a lot of common interests, and yeah. Then we started dating, and uh, yeah.
0: Thank <laughs> you, Atlanta.
1: Atlanta. <laughs> but she was going to school in New York, uh, but her mom was living in Atlanta, so that's okay. why she was there. Oh, okay, but, okay. I mean, she's from New York, but, uh, so that also sweetened the deal mm-hmm. to go up to New York and like, wow, continue. So it, it all kind of just like worked out in like a weird way. Yeah. Like that's just like some fate shit right there. You know? Dude,
0: yeah, for sure. <laughs> Someone freaking wrote this story. I need fate. to meet this writer. <laughs> great writing. Great story. Way great use of the professor telling, <laughs> using the same template. It's not really working. <laughs> it's
1: not really working out. <laughs> Dude, it's, it is crazy, though. Yeah, it's crazy how all that shit just kind of fell into place. But, yeah.
0: Dude, that's so rad. So Sorry, it's a long story.
1: We're probably over time.
0: Oh, dude, we have so much time. It's my story. What about what about studying music mm. composition? Is yeah. that what it was? What gravitated you towards that? Like, what totally. sparked your interest in, like, I want to study this yeah. and then go to grad school for this? So
1: I got into music, like... In high school, around the same time as the hurricane, actually. So I was kind of getting into music probably as, like, a coping mechanism for, like, being totally displaced. Mm. And that's when I started playing guitar and, you know, learning music and then had some bands in college. And I was originally going to be pre-med in college but decided to switch to music instead. I was like, no, music. Um, So, yeah, I I just really love, like... I just love music. I've always loved music for a long time, and uh, just wanted to just understand more about how it works and how people make it. Mm. Um, But music composition ended up not really being my thing. I always learned music by ear, not so much the theory of everything. And I eventually would learn that stuff, but um, for the longest time, that was like that was the struggle. Was like I was in this program where All these people were, like, people who had been, like, studying music, and they'd been in band in high school, and, you know, they were very, like, academic in their approach to music. Right, right. But I was coming at it from more of, like, a just my ear was, like,
0: I like how this sounds, and I want to kind of make it sound like this.
1: Exactly. So I was kind of, like, the weird one in the program. (laughs) I was, like, the one that they were, like, oh, gotcha, you're, like you're this guy that's
0: the by ear guy
1: right (laughs) exactly not the like i know all the facts about how music theory works
0: facts are overrated just like yeah whatever
1: (laughs) you guys so that was kind of my experience there but i mean yeah i really enjoyed music composition and but mostly i got into music like technology so i started to understand how recording studios worked and started recording all my friends bands and uh was considering pursuing that as like a full-time career but i ended up getting into like more like the science of sound and like learning how to build software that would essentially like like effects pedal but in software form stuff like that so learning how sound worked on like on in like the computer, in the computer level, <laughs> that is so sick. <laughs> yeah, so that was what I spent grad school doing. Was basically all of that. So yeah, so sick. It's kind of wild. It was a huge challenge for me because I didn't have a super great like science brain. I feel like like that wasn't my like natural talent. Mm-hmm. So I really had to work super hard to like learn how to do like just yeah the like science stuff like yeah. learn how to do like computer programming that was like a freaking uphill battle for me
0: yeah from this might be kind of hard to answer because mm. i'm just listening to your story i'm like wow it yeah. could be so many things gotcha but what do you feel or who do you feel is uh an influential person mm. or people in your life or moment
1: influential person people or moment yeah
0: like multiple people one person gosh
1: that's a good question i mean so many yeah i would say it's basically my uh yeah there's there's a lot of people uh (laughs) i mean there's my parents who just like showed me what it means to like be in a committed relationship and like be like you know committed to uh your partner and just like do so much, and also, I mean, my dad for basically like starting a company. I mean, he grew up like poor, and you know, st- started a company, and you know, essentially just worked super freaking hard and just like did it and built like s- like a successful thing for himself that he, like provided for his family. Um, I mean, that I've learned so much from, and then my brother Andy uh he's he's my brother that lives in Santa Cruz uh, I have another brother in New Orleans that has 3 kids Andy just had his first kid Aww. um but yeah he has always influenced me to like uh it, he's so you could say my my brother that's in New Orleans is very much like he stayed in New Orleans his whole life he's only traveled a little bit he lives a couple blocks from my parents like He's, he's more of the homebody. Andy is more the world traveler. He left New Orleans when he was 18 and never came back, like never lived there again mm-hmm. and traveled the world for, you know, 10 years basically. Um, so I'm kind of like a mishmash between the two mm-hmm. in that I've done both of those things kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I've always like looked up to Andy as like someone that, uh, you know, is, is going for what he wants in the world mm-hmm. and is not afraid to, like, go and, you know, move somewhere and f- figure things out. Mm-hmm. He's always encouraged me to pursue my passions, mm-hmm. which has been really great. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. But then there's Abra, who, like, <laughs> has, like, just freaking, I mean, she's blowing my mind, especially right now oh, with the she, stuff she does. She it's, is it's a boss.
0: It's crazy. Heck yeah!
1: Yeah, I mean, full time job, full time school, grad school, internship where she's now seeing eight clients a week, and she's doing all that. It's crazy. It's out of control. But
0: and she's so graceful. Like I know. I I didn't know until you had like mentioned it to me. Like I think this past week, I just she, she's just so graceful. She's just like. Yeah. I'm like oh. What a wonder woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true, yeah. She's very, uh, you know, she has a great, like, perspective throughout it all. You know, even though she's tired and stressed and, you know, she can still, you know, just push through that and just, you know, be, be like, fine. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's awesome. That. But, yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I guess Shouts so, out. Yeah, man. A lot of influential people for sure.
0: How did your coffee journey start?
1: Right, so I'm in New York. I'm a software developer. realize that I hate it because I hate being in front of a computer all day and not getting to interact with people and just <sighs> pushing worse. code around. Um, Abra and I decide to quit our jobs in New York. Cushy jobs. Six figures, kind of thing. you mm. know. We're, we're set for life, kind mm. of shit. Mm. We quit. We decide we're going to travel. We travel in Europe for three months. We walk the Camino de Santiago, this, like, 500-mile pilgrimage for the first month. Then we go to Morocco. Then we go to Italy, work on a farm, and then we move back to the States. And we decide we want to go to California because her mom is in L.A., my brother's in Santa Cruz. We end up going to Santa Cruz because it's close to the Bay Area. I was still considering getting a tech job because I was facing the fear of like not knowing how I was going to make a living. <laughs> and just real, real, chill.
0: real, yeah.
1: But I really didn't want to do it, but I went on a couple interviews. I went to an interview with Yelp and this company called RidePal and a couple other companies in San Francisco. Uh but you know, just realized like I actually walked out of an interview. I was like, "Whoa." In the interview and I was just like, "Hey man, look. I'm not going to waste your time. I don't think I'm actually interested in doing this. I thank you for your time. I'm just going to I'm just going to head out."
0: What was his reaction?
1: He was like, "Well, all right. Well, yeah, um, yeah, let me know if you if you change your mind, you know, we can talk. But yeah, he was kind of like, "Wow." That was crazy. That's so <laughs> sick.
0: I'm sorry. Like, I know it's only super scary, but like, I would have been like, yo, we need to hire that guy. Oh, <laughs> he just walked out of here.
1: That's true. Yeah. That, that would be funny. But yeah, I just had the realization. I was like, what am I doing? Like, come on, man. So I ended up getting a job at the Penny Ice Creamery because I love food and I was like, I mean, ice cream's great. Like their ice cream's awesome. They're a cool Dude. company.
0: Hell yeah. I'm gonna
1: go work for them. So I'm scooping ice cream, <laughs> super qualified ice cream. Everyone scooper. loves ice cream. Um, yeah. And totally. So that's how I ended up kind of getting away from tech. And then, uh, I would do the ice cream delivery from the downtown store to the pleasure point store every Thursday. Mm. And then I would have to open. I remember this part. Yeah. yeah. So I would have uh-huh. like an hour in between. So I would go to chill out cafe and get a breakfast sandwich and read the good times <laughs> Santa Cruz publication. Uh-huh. And that's when I read about cat and cloud. And I was like, Holy shit. These guys are doing rad things. I had also been reading Danny Meyer's book, setting the table and kind of getting into like, this like mission vision values mindset. So, um, yeah, I read about that. And then I, I also recognized Chris because I had been through like a verve training with the ice cream shop they like sent us over Mm. to do like a coffee training Mm -hmm. um so i was like oh that's the guy from the videos crazy (laughs) that's chris whoa he's starting his own company wow
2: yeah
1: but it still didn't really click in my head like i was still in the mindset of like no i'm managing the ice cream shop like i'm doing this but then there was like a hiring event like a meet and greet at portola and uh i wasn't able to go because uh i was working that day and i was like bummed i was like oh i guess it's not gonna work out oh well Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which is crazy but so then chris comes into the ice cream shop after the whole debacle and orders i've told this story before on Mm -hmm. this podcast i think Mm -hmm. he orders the you know ice cream for here and an ice cream for later to bring to his wife jenny
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um so i made his for here thing and then I just happened to notice a few minutes later when he was, like, wrapping up his conversation and just made the to-go thing real quick. And then when he went to ask me for it, I was like, here you go. Um, and then he gave me his card and was like, yo, dude, you should you should come and go in for an interview. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to hire someone like you. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was wild. That's how I got into coffee. Totally not intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: I just made an ice cream, and he thought it was super dope, and Dude, gave yeah. me his card, and then here I am.
1: Yeah, and then I had a group interview with Chris, Jared, Charles, and Tanner,
2: because
1: uh-huh. Tanner had already been hired. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty rad. And, they yeah, they, they called me to let me know I got the job, and I was freaking hyped.
0: Nice. And this is, I'm assuming, your, like, first coffee job, yeah. like, aside from, like, the training you would have at the penny, right? So right.
1: we had like a little espresso machine at the penny. So I would, I would pull, I was like getting into coffee mm-hmm. because I had done that training and I was like, Oh, I want to like understand how to make coffee better. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, just messing around, you know, trying to dial in and try to figure out how that worked. And I mm-hmm. had no idea what I was doing, yeah. So, but this was my first coffee job for sure,
0: yeah. Tope, dope. <laughs> and so you. You you are one of like the OG staff yeah. who started when Cat and Clouds doors opened. It's
1: true. Yeah.
0: And so started off like concierge, sometime on bar. Mm-hmm. How how was all that? Cuz it's yeah. something I'm assuming not used to.
1: It actually I was so I had been doing a lot. I mean, like the customer service side of things. Right. I was very comfortable with that because right. I've been doing it at the penny. And I also I've had restaurant jobs in the past that I, it's funny. Like I really enjoyed those jobs. Mm-hmm. Like I really enjoy customer service and like just helping people in general. So like, man, like back in high school when I had those restaurant jobs, I wish that I'd been like, Oh, Hey, maybe this is something you would want to do. Like, you know how you enjoy it mm-hmm. yeah maybe you should just do this instead of all the other stuff i mean, not that i i'm glad everything has happened, happened right, the way it right did, but right like, right yeah so it, it was a little changed because it was like coffee specifically and learning about coffee but i just came into it with like the mindset of i'm just going to learn as much as i can and like like learn as much about coffee like outside of the day-to-day so I would like make note cards of all the coffees on our menu and like study them basically and like learn like what the flavor notes were just so I could feel more comfortable talking about them with guests because I had no idea what I was talking about
0: right (laughs) right
1: yeah I really enjoyed it though and I I just I believe in the company so much and I believe in all of us so much Mm -hmm. and what we're setting out to achieve Mm -hmm. so for me it was like I'm I'm with the right people. I'm in the right place.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. And from <clears throat> starting off as one of the original members and then what then kinda caught your interest into going into wholesale? Because mm. that's that's where you're currently at. Yes. That's your jam. You are you are the wholesale jam. Oh plus mark. <laughs> plus Mark.
1: Um, yeah. We love you, Mark. Uh, Yeah, so with that, I was... So, yeah, I was basically... How did that work out? At first, I was essentially, yeah, concierge, a little bit of baristaing, but not really. Um, And then I I can't remember if I just went up to Chuck and I was like, hey, man, um, I want to do more stuff. What can I do? But he gave me the info at email, uh, which is like, you know, our general inquiry email address. So I started answering those emails and then, um, I think over time, like that was five, 10 hours a week maybe. And then over time it was like, Oh, like, I think Chuck basically like, he like mentioned like, Hey man, like you ever think we could get our coffee into the grocery stores, like in town or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe, how do you do that? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and I was like, okay, cool. So then I was thinking about that for a while and I was like, wait, maybe that's something I could do. I wonder if I can figure out how to do that. So yeah, basically then I did like called all the groceries and set up meetings with the buyers and sampled our coffee with them. And yeah, they decided to move forward. And I was like, Oh shit, I guess I just got our, uh, wholesale, customer. <laughs> I think uh, this just
0: happened. <laughs>
1: what is going on? But that's pretty much how that worked out. It was just like, like an inkling of an idea that became reality. And then, yeah. So sick. Yeah. Um, but I had also applied to work in the roastery mm-hmm. or to be the first roaster. Um, but I didn't get that job and Grace didn't get that job either. Um, but I ended up working in the roastery like, you know, as I, as I got this wholesale thing, yeah. that's kind of how it, it built up. I like became like the manager of the roastery mm-hmm. and doing production and then ultimately eventually passed all of the roastery stuff off to grace and just now I'm just 100% wholesale. So dope. that was it.
0: This, that's so sick. <laughs> all within what? Two and a half years.
1: Or so, um, something like that? that whole transition was the first it was probably like three months when i started doing wholesale stuff okay and then probably at the six month mark is when i was like oh i'm full-time wholesale now okay <laughs> <laughs> oh okay cool
0: that's so sick
1: but yeah so i've been doing that now for yeah like two and a half years
0: <clears throat> what's something that comes to mind a feeling or a thought when you think about let's say the first day Chris gave you his card Mm. slash group interview up until today.
1: Hmm. Um, what do you mean? Just like a word? Like, what does that look like? like?
0: How does that feel? Like, is that something you think about?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I always think about like how such a small thing can lead to such a crazy big thing. (laughs) I mean, it trips me out for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, I always think about, like, what if I had not been able to provide that service opportunity for Chris in that moment? What would, where would my life be now? I have no idea, but Mm -hmm. probably not as cool as it is now. I'm just going (laughs) to say that. Right. So I think about that a lot about how, like, there's all these, like, opportunities that are present every day to make an impact on people's lives, whether or not we, are aware of it or whether or not we like choose to pursue them, they're there. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. So I always try to remember that as like the thing for cat and cloud. Like, Hell and it, yeah, yeah, definitely goes with our guests as well. Like, you know, everybody that walks through the door, you don't, you don't know who they are. Like they might be like the person that can help you get to where you want to go in your life. Yeah. Who knows?
0: <laughs> it sounds like, what you just said just kind of reminded me to you explaining how you got to grad school, mm. and then how you went again to a different grad school, <laughs> and then how you like again. met your good friend John, <laughs> yeah. and then how you met Abra, and yeah. then how you met Chris, and then how you he got here, and it's just <laughs> like you 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 kind of hey, were just open to the opportunity, and you're just like, mm. oh, okay. Yeah, and it I'm. What like, it's gonna sound super oversimplified. Mm. What I'm gonna say, and I know that's not true at all, but it almost feels like you almost didn't do anything to make it happen. Totally, and (laughs) it's like yes, but also no. I also worked very hard.
1: I mean, yeah, the the precursor behind or the thing behind the scenes with all of it is that yeah, I was always like working super hard, but I wasn't like trying to create these opportunities I guess mm-hmm. like they were just presenting themselves and then I was like oh this is an opportunity huh like mm-hmm. yeah I guess just like being aware or being open to it is is the main thing mm-hmm. but I don't think I could have gotten anywhere either if I like hadn't been working super hard
2: right like, I think right.
1: I think that would have been like then the opportunity wouldn't even like be there really right but I do think that there's a lot more out there for everyone than maybe they'd see on the day-to-day. And same for me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so there's that. I still don't fully know how to like unlock all that stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, yeah.
1: I do think it's there though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's it's so awesome. Just to like, not that I've been there since the beginning of your whole journey, but like, hearing the story and now hearing the story from you and seeing the growth of like now you're like the part, like the wholesale team. And then like along with three other people, including Chris, yeah, Jared and Chuck, like now part owner of this place. Yeah. And it's
2: <laughs>
0: that it's super inspiring. And oh, thanks. I'm yeah. I, It's super inspiring. I think that's the only thing I could come up with right now.
1: Yeah, thanks. Man, I appreciate that.
0: I feel like after speaking with you specifically today, I feel like I understand you. uh, Not that I didn't before, but I feel like I now really understand what makes Alex, Alex. Oh, that's cool. And what, like, Alex is sick. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, like... you, you, uh, I mean, I say this in a joking way it's all the <laughs> time, but like right now it has so much weight and truth where like, don't ever change. Honestly. <laughs> like, oh. I mean, yeah, strive for change, improvement, all that stuff. Mm. It's really weird. I'm contradicting myself, <laughs> but like, don't ever change.
1: Alex. Oh, thanks. Evelyn.
0: Like what, what you're doing is working out so well for you. <laughs> I appreciate and, that. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm I'm really I'm really happy to be working at a place where I get to meet people like you.
1: Oh (laughs) Thanks Evelyn. Yeah. But no really, thank you.
0: For sure, for sure. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Dude, hell yeah. Freaking great
1: story.